The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Mark. I thought we'd shake things up. You found Financial Food for Thought. That Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. Carrie, you of course know this song. Right? Uh, no, I do not. Shocker. <laughs> this is a big hit. Let's see if you can guess who I'm going to be playing here in a minute. Did you watch the convention? Not a bit. Surprise. I'm trying to minimize stress in my house. Well, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, the former president of the United States. I didn't know if we were going to see the Clintons or not, but we did. Better for families working and raising their kids. Better for people who lost jobs and need new ones. Better for farmers tired of being collateral damage in trade wars. He's almost as old as Joe. Actually, he had a, he had a birthday this week. I, I don't know if he actually oh. if this was recorded on his birthday or he had. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And to child care, a secure retirement, and for the first time, paid family and medical leaves. Joe won't just put his signature on a check and try to fool you into thinking it came from him. He'll work to make sure that oh, your dig. reflects your contribution to and your stake in a growing economy. In this job interview, the uh, difference is... I don't know if the... You know what Donald Trump the, you know, the, four years? These little Blame video, pre-recorded videos work. And you know what Joe Biden was. Build back better. Build back better. He's got the. He's got it down, Kurt. Yeah. Against Joe Biden's America, when we all live and work together, it's a clear choice. The future of our country is riding on it. I agree with that statement. All right, so there we go. So you know, I I don't know the. It just seemed I I didn't watch any of it. I I listened to it. Um, you know, so I you know, but Willie won't go home. I, I thought he was like off in the sunset. Yeah. Well, I did laugh. He made comments about how the Oval Office was used, but you yeah, know. and they, that I photograph think, came yeah, out. Yeah, I don't think he should the week. go there. Um, yeah, I just yeah. think he shouldn't even gone there. <laughs> that just opened up to too many jokes and memes. I'm sure. And, and I don't see what I I remember Bill Clinton in his you know town hall meetings. He was so good in that format. But these, you know, pre-recorded three-minute can—it's just like watching a—it was like watching a series of Democratic rebuttals, like to the mm-hmm. Republican State of the Union right. address. You know, I mean, I don't know, but it is what it is. So they got through it. Um, they got through the week with their virtual convention, and of course, up next is the Donald Trump show, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see if Donald Trump—he's being pretty—you know—he's not—they're not giving out too many. Um, Spoilers? Spoil, yeah, they're keeping their cards hidden pretty well about how they're going to do their convention. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I mean, Donald Trump has kind of built a reputation on and how you know how to be an entertainer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, including a very successful Apprentice show and, right. and, and everything else. So he, he we'll see. You know, he's but what Donald Trump is great at are the big arenas, the big live right. arenas. See, Bill Clinton was great at the small town halls. Right. I thought, you know, Bill Clinton, you know, he was great at those. Um, and we'll see now. Joe Biden. Well, you know, who knows with Joe. Right. Um, well, stay tuned. So anyways, uh, get Carrie, get us started. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We are here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We are a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about Issues that can impact your financial life, whether you are someone who are still working 
or if you are already in retirement, there are many issues that you could face and concerns that you have. And we're here to talk about concepts and strategies. And we do talk about politics and some things that our government's doing because it could impact you or maybe not. Regardless, it comes down to things that you can control and things you can't and being proactive when it comes to your financial life. And the first thing is being aware aware and educated about the issues that could impact you and understand what choices you have. Um, We are sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is a fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. What the estate planning team does is build custom financial plans and do financial modeling um, where what you think of as traditional financial planners number crunchers and also help people analyze specific choices um, through objective unbiased analysis. We have some people timing a social security. Should I take the pension lump sum? We have people now calling in. Should I take, is the buyout a good deal for me? Is it going to make sense? Um, also, we have people, you know, objectively, the income replacement needs analysis. You know, maybe you have a conversion that's coming up. Do, do I need that full coverage? Or you have a term policy that's going up. Um, do I need that amount of coverage? Because now my mortgage is paid off. My kids are grown. I picked the 100% um, pension survivorship. Um, survivorship, whatever that is. But getting enough numbers so that you're comfortable about the decisions you make. And decision-making is a lot easier when you have that objective analysis um, and looking at decisions and choices that you have. And that could be, too, with Roth conversion. We have people coming in because we should all know by now that minimum required distributions for both your personal and inherited um, required minimum distributions have been suspended for 2020. That means you do not have to take them, which for many people... It may be a window of opportunity to pull money from your IRA because you don't have to take as much and put it, either spend it or convert it to a Roth. And it's usually not a yes or no. It's usually a how much or at what level. And Mark, you do spend a lot of time, even though we're not tax preparers, um, crunching numbers and and looking at a lot of different ideas when it comes to Roth conversion. It could be maxing out a certain tax bracket, maxing out when capital gains rates get taxed. Um, when some other threshold that you weren't thinking about. Right. And, and Carrie, you just said a lot right there. So let me unpack a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Y- yeah, you're right. I mean, I can't stress enough coordination of advisors. You know, what, you know, we always say, if we, we might not have all the answers, but we know what questions you should be asking your other advisors, whether it be the attorney or the tax preparer or the investment advisor or the insurance agent. Um, but back to, uh, I just want to make it a point. Yeah, w- w- I want to talk a little bit about today because, with the special rules this year, there may be silver linings or opportunities. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're very active planners at the estate planning team. You know, what you did last year may not be what you choose to do this year. It won't be what you choose to do next year. That's the whole point. You have to find, you have to look for opportunities in a very complicated tax world, right? Uh, and and part of that is, you know, understanding that what changes have occurred that quite frankly, are beyond your control, right? Who knew that the mm-hmm. government was going to suspend RMDs? Even though, by the way, before they did it, we were on this radio show, we were talking about it. Right. We were saying, you know, don't be surprised if they do because it, the government did it before. In, in the 2008 Great Recession, they did the same thing. So they had a history of when you had big market crashes as the one we did have back in March, it wasn't out of the question that they may suspend spend RMDs. But here's the point. By the time they made that change, a lot of people had already taken their RMDs. So I'm going to talk a little bit about today because the government then said, okay, we get, we need to give relief to those groups of taxpayers. So, But that deadline is approaching. The deadline that you can roll back a required minimum distribution that you took before they changed the law that said you didn't um, is August 31st. And don't look now. Which means but, don't wait till Monday, August 31st to do it. Right. It means I would be calling your custodian and finding out today, um, or actually on Monday now because it's Saturday, but what their process is and how to get it there as quickly as possible. 
So those are the things um, that we look at at the estate planning team. And we do offer a free consultation because we're not investment advisors either. We help our clients look at their assets in terms of how much risk are they taking on, what growth rate do they need to be okay, and then we and also the tax efficiency piece. And we work either with our clients who in many cases are playing that role of an investment advisor and doing the investments on their own. Or if they have an outside investment advisor, we work with many investment advisors around the Cleveland area for a coordinated effort. And again, we offer a free consultation to see if we can help, if our process is appropriate. And then we talk about options. We have affordable retainer and affordable hourly planning options depending on your needs. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation again by phone or in person, whatever you're more comfortable with, you can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Leave a message. We'll call you back on Monday. Or you can visit the website. The website, you can um, sign up for our newsletter. You can give us feedback on the show. We want to hear the good and bad so we can get better. And we want to know what you want to hear about. You can also listen to our podcast um, at financialfoodforthought.com. And any email from the website comes directly to me. All right. Thanks, Carrie. And that's Carrie Waddell. My name is Mark Donnelly, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. Now, one of the things um, also we've been touching on a subject that we call the tax wrappers, which, again, has to do with, you know, understanding the way your assets are taxed throughout your lifetime, whether, you know, you're spending them yet or not. Right. And we started this on last week's show. So, Carrie, you just mentioned the podcast. So if, if you want to get caught up, go back and, and listen to last week's shows. Where that's where we introduced what the four tax wrappers are. And then last week we kind of cross-referenced and said, you know, by the way, you know, we're in a presidential election. This could be a, a, a turning year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not out of the question that the Democrats regain power, both in – they already mm-hmm. have it in the House – but right. they could regain the White House and they could regain the Senate. Uh, um, remember, if they get the White House, they only need to pick up three seats in the Senate. Mm-hmm. They'll have the simple majority because uh, Kamala or Kamala or Kamala. Gary? I don't know. Tomato, tomato. Uh, the, um, <laughs> what do you call her? The senator. Yeah. Um, the senator from California, um, she'd be the she'd be the tiebreaker, you know. It, it, so so that's the situation. Now, other people say too, don't be surprised if the Democrats do win the White House and do maintain the House of Representatives majority and pick up the three seats in the Senate oh. that they won't immediately throw out the filibuster, which means they wouldn't need the supermajority, the sixty votes in the Senate, to get their tax agenda passed. Okay, so that is the risk, right? Or that a lot of people say that's the cliff that's coming. Now, again, we, we're not there yet. You know, hopefully we'll know by Thanksgiving some of these answers about who's, you know, what political party uh, is in control. And by the way, if Trump wins, he can veto new tax law. Um, if the if the White House, even if Joe Biden wins, but the Republicans maintain the majority in the Senate, then we're back to kind of like the stalemate, you know, where they're going to have to work together. And they're doing a great job at that, as we all know. Um, so so I'm going to talk more about this week on the tax wrappers. Uh, you know, kind of giving an example, trying to break it down in simpler uh, blocks to say, okay, how do we, you know, now we understand what they are, how do we use them in managing our assets, especially when you go into retirement, because that's the time where the wages ended, right? And, and mm-hmm. you've got to create your spending, your, your cash flow income in retirement by dipping into your nest egg. Right. Um, as you know, because a lot of you know, people going into retirement are not going to have those guaranteed pensions that, right. that with 90 percent of their uh, pay. Right. right. Uh, and you need to think about it early, because if you can start early and create those different pots of money that are create taxed, um are taxed in different ways, then you have time for those to grow so that when you do retire, you can pick and choose depending on where tax rates are. So before I get to the tax wrappers and before I talk a little bit about the deadline, you know, for uh, to return unwanted RMDs, let's call it. um, We we got some economic news this week, Carrie, and it wasn't good. Right. Okay. Um, So the weekly jobless claims came out and they came in at one point one million. 
okay, which was projected to be under a million, 923,000. Remember, the previous week, that was the big hurrah, right? Mm-hmm. Because jobless claims came in under a million for the first time in a long time. Right. So we thought the tides had changed. You know, we thought we were on the upswing. Well, we little, you know, one step up, two steps back, you know. Um, so this week, we're back at 1.1 million. All right. Um, and the, privacy, the the previous week was revised upwards, not by much, I think about 8,000. Okay. Um, so again, that tide that was turned, we thought previous week, I think it was 21 weeks before that, Gary, last time it was under a million. So, it, you know, it was a long time. And, and we, so maybe was last, you know, the previous week a fluke? Was this week a fluke? We'll, we'll see. But you add to that, um, you also had, you know, the New York Fed's Empire State business, and, and they do indexes carry, manufacturing and stuff like that. They keep an eye on that. And that came out negative. Okay. okay. Um, you know, so, you know, index fell 13.5 points to 3.7 in August, signaling a slower pace of growth. Okay. Economists had expected a reading of 17. Okay. So coming in at 3.7, and when they were expecting 17, ah. Okay, Um, so, you know, the index had surged in July after being in negative territory since the pandemic began. So, again, is the V-shaped recovery vanishing? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, now what you could say, well, what's causing this? Well, a lot of people say it's because we're, we're approaching the fiscal cliff right now. In other words, the PPP plan is running out, Carrie, right? Right. Not, Not running out. What I'm saying is remember in the PPP plan, the idea was if you wanted to get the, the loan from the government, okay, and you wanted it to be forgiven or kind of transferred into a grant, right? Where you wouldn't have to pay it back. Part of the conditions, you had to keep the employees employed, right? You mm-hmm. had to keep them on the payroll for a certain amount of time period, right? Do you remember the time period? I mean, uh, you know, I don't remember. I, yeah, it was, but I'm trying to think how many days or how many months. But anyways, that's running out. Right. In other words. Well, originally it was like eight weeks and then they changed it. Yeah, but so so the point was that is running out. And of course, we don't have the CARES Act too yet. Mm-hmm. Right now, we still, and I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, it anytime, will happen, Carrie. Not anytime soon. Well, it'll happen. I if it's going to happen, <laughs> I think it'll happen in September. Right. Um, I don't. Think it won't it, happen before Labor Day. No. Um, they're in recess right now, right? Well, remember they weren't going to go on recess well, if it wasn't done. Because well, we, Nancy Pelosi is calling back for recess to get the postal thing done. Yeah. But, um, they're going to kick the can down the road. They're going to do smaller packages, which is fine. Right. Anything helps. We need more right. stimulus. Right. Okay? Get the money out there. It mm-hmm. worked. All right? The problem is if they don't, this fiscal cliff is approaching fast. Right. See, a lot of people are going to, you know, the airlines is going to be a good test, right? We'll see when the PP when the PP plan, if they've met the time period that the, they don't have to pay back that loan, right. all, these, all these small businesses, let's see if when they lay off the employees or not. Right. Okay, because a lot of people say their business hasn't come back. Um, so you know, um, and you know, so so that's so that's one of the things that we're saying. You know, that's why the Federal Reserve keeps saying, you know, it's only so much they can do. You know, that you need the government to provide stimulus, not just these, you know, you know, the relief. I mean, for the for a forced shutdown, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they had to first correct that, right? Because we never did that before, right? Um, but now they have to really. Where's the stimulus? You know, it's not just the 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 furloughed employees are maybe are back to work, but not all of them. Not everyone's back mm-hmm. to work, and we still have a high unemployment, even though maybe it's coming down slightly. But now we get bad jobless weekly jobless claims. We get bad, you know, manufacturing index claim. You know, that's the thing. Are we stalling out again? Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, can I get that vaccine yet? No. Um, so until well, and you know, vaccines aren't a hundred percent anyway, Mark. Um, but I'm still wearing the mask. All right. Um, I do only when I'm mandated to. Okay. So, <laughs> so we, 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 so what, so that that's the idea. In other words, you know, and you may say, well, Mark, my job is safe. 
Um, and I don't have to build a plan R or I still believe in the V-shaped recovery. And I see the stock market seems to be doing OK. Um, pretty good second quarter earnings reports. And, you know, consumer spending still seems to be be doing OK. Right. Um, but how much of that was prompted or, or, you know, put up by all this, all the money we did get from the government? including, by the way, that extra $600 a week unemployment right. that's running out now, right? Now, th- th- you could say, well, didn't Trump fix that? You know, and and, and that's, you know, with his uh, uh, executive, you know, executive order. order. Well, that was the idea that he was going to somehow give an additional $300. Well, it's just not an easy thing. The states have to apply through it through FEMA. It, it's it's some paperwork involved. Some states, I think, I think Arizona was the first state that got through the paperwork, and they're now. I I guess they're now distributing that three hundred a week. I'm I'm not sure if people have got the check yet, but I think there's eight more states, you know, who have applied for it. But we're not anywhere near fifty right. states yet, so no, I don't know if you hold your breath for that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so. With the deadline, you know, for the RMD, um, so we we can talk about that, Carrie, and, you know, say, well, you know, should I do that or shouldn't I do that? Now, let me get, for those of you who haven't heard the show or, or missed the beginning, what we're talking about is in this year, you know, the government suspended required minimum distributions for 2020. It doesn't matter if it was your own RMD or if it was an inherited IRD or RMD. Right? In other words, the, the law that says if you inherit an IRA, meaning you're not a spouse, you're a child beneficiary, let's say, um, you can't continue. You can't make that IRA your own. It becomes a what we call an inherited IRA or a beneficiary IRA. And you have to start distributions, and over and then those distributions is based on a required minimum distribution table. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so even those have been suspended. You know, so there's a lot of confusion about that in the beginning of the year. There's like, okay, I hear that I don't have to take my own RMD out, but if I have an inherited IRA, don't I still have to take that RMD out? No, <laughs> they suspended all of the RMDs. Right. So then the problem was well. What happens if I already did it? What if I did it in January? What if I was doing it systematically? I was doing monthly distributions, right? So by the time I learned uh, that they had suspended them, I already had three months out, you know, January, February, and March, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then they're saying, well, then you, you could use the rollover rule that allows you, normally the rollover rule says anytime you take an IRA distribution, you have a 60-day time period to roll it back in if you change right. your mind. But that's very limited. That's one rollover every 365 days. <laughs> so, so if you do it in November, you can't do it again in January because it's a rolling. Yeah, it's it, not a yeah, January to December. And if you had taken out three distributions over three months. Which happens. What if you had monthly distributions? That's what I was right. referring to. Right. It, but know, I'm saying it yeah. happened. So, or, you know, or what happens if you were taking a distribution out of custodian A's account and you have another IRA at custodian B and you took out a distribution out of each. No, you can't, you know, it's separate role. It's right. separate distributions. Under the old 60-day rule, you had one. Okay, You could take, um, get, do something with. And that 60-day was a hard threshold because I don't have to tell you how many law cases we've read over the years where the 61-day rule doesn't hold up in court. No. It's a 60-day rule. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now. So the the what happened was the government then and the IRS and the Treasury clarified and said, okay, we're gonna for also forgive the sixty day rule, okay, meaning that um, y- you know y- because it was a, a, like a retroactive thing, we're gonna say you don't you're not limited to sixty days. Also, they said we're we're gonna throw out the one rule. So if you did take a, a RMD in January, February, and March, three distributions, you could roll them all back. Mm-hmm. And you so the 60-day rule was waived. The one rule was waived. But the time frame was it had to be rolled back in by August 31st. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is coming up. Now, 
Um, now, so, so Mark, should I do that? Let's say you're at home mm-hmm. and saying, okay, I did an RMD. Well, let's try to put some parameters. I was going to say, doesn't, I know the answer. It depends. No. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or well, the answer isn't is go ask your neighbor what they do. Right. Um, because I don't know what your neighbor's circumstances are. You right. know, you got to sharpen your own elbows here mm-hmm. and figure out. Okay, so so let's but let's try to put some. Okay, by okay. So here's the first thing. Well, if you needed the RMD for your current year cash flow, then I don't think you want to roll it back. Mm-hmm. Okay, seems self evident, right? Or perhaps what happens if you're saying, well, Mark, I don't really need it for this year's cash flow, but. My cash reserve is a little light right now. It's kind of fallen below my target floor. And by the way, if you don't have a target floor, see, all our clients do. Mm-hmm. You know, we have calculated with their, you know, goals and objectives. Not, you know, every year you have to review this and say, what should be your adequate cash reserve? Some people call it an emergency fund, you know. Um, now, or just the floor of what they're checking and saving. And we have, guess what? The answer is different for everybody. Right. Some people could be a five thousand. Some people could be a hundred. It really varies across right. the so, board. And and that old wives' adage: Oh, well, you need uh, six months of your salary. Well, what happens if you're retired? What's your salary in retirement, Carrie? Yeah. Zero. So what now? I, I, I you know so so in other words, when you're talking about what your cash reserve or your cash emergency fund should be okay it it may be different while you're working and 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 have earnings coming home that's at risk in a pandemic shutdown right because remember even though you think your job is safe if your customer's job isn't safe how safe is your job Mm -hmm. just think about that for a minute um now um, but you know, in retirement, when you don't have wages that you're relying on, it may be a different amount of cash reserve, right? Um, and again, don't be fooled by the investment. I'm so tired of the investment advisors saying, "Oh, don't worry, Mister and Mrs. Client." Um, they all do this, by the way, right. too, Gary. Um, your stock portfolio is totally liquid. How many times have I had to explain that to a client? That's not what we mean by a cash emergency fund no. or a cash reserve. When we say a cash reserve, cash is an important word in that. Right. You now, can get to it in 24 hours, same day? Without any tax consequences. See, right. I'm not arguing the investment advisors who's playing word games with you, who's saying, don't worry, Mrs. Smith, it's liquid, meaning that I could sell your stock in any day and have the money to you in a few days. But that 10000 could cost you... Really, you're netting out eight grand because of the tax consequences or whatever that may be. Or you may be saying, uh, yeah, but if I'm taking it out of the IRA, that creates taxable income to mm-hmm. me. Or if you're saying that, uh, yeah, but the stock is is low. I don't want to sell my, I thought I, I thought you always told me don't sell stocks low. Right. But what if I need it for an emergency? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so don't confuse cash reserves with liquidity right when your investment advisor your stock guy tells you don't worry mrs smith it's liquid that's not the same thing what we're talking about Mm -hmm. okay um now so if if that's the situation where you're saying okay i don't think i need my rmd for cash spending this year but my cash reserve is a little bit low okay then you might not want to roll it back because it helped you build up your cash reserve or a, a third situation is, you know, if you were if you were planning on using your RMD to help cover your estimated tax safe harbors. That's what I was going to ask one of my questions. I didn't know if you were going to bring up because we have people that do withholdings if they have systematic or quarterly. They've done federal, maybe state withholdings. One, if they give that back, how are they treating the tax treatment? Well, okay. In that question, what we how we think it's going to work is, um, let's say you took out $10,000 out of your IRA and you had $1,000 in withholding. So mm-hmm. you pocketed 9000 and they sent $1,000 to the federal government. Right. Okay. If you want to redo it or roll it back, you put all 10000 back in. Okay. Okay. So and I have then, to come up with an extra thousand. And then you wait for the government to return your thousand. <laughs> okay. That's how it's supposed to work. Right. Okay. But we have a lot of clients that don't do estimated payments and all of their 
withholding because you don't want to give the government, pay the government too early in cash reserve, is they do all their withholding through minimum required distribution. Right. Or they or they just wait to the end of the year. Um, right, because so their they're, money's working because for them. Their investment advisors said, "Oh, you know, don't you know, don't do it early. The market's always going to go up, right? Because they're always bullish, right?" Um, so they're saying, "Well, why pay the government early?" See, one of the benefits of withholding, as long as it's withheld by December thirty first, the government treats it as coming in evenly throughout the whole year. Right. So yeah, we, there are many people out there who've learned that and say, "Okay, and- if I if I if my safe harbor says I need to have you know eight thousand dollars paid into the federal government." I am going to wait and do I, I I'll, my RMD is, you know, 10,000. I'll, I'll I'm just going to save 8,000 of that and then at the end of the year I'll finish my RMD and send the money to the government at the end of the year. Right. In the meantime, it earned for me all year. There's all many people who have followed that strategy. And people don't like estimated payments. Now, now the issue, right, because those silly coupons. Kind of and uh, Do I have any stamps? Because I, I need a stamp for that, right? Oh, yeah. Um, by the way, if you're making quarterly estimates, please, please take this bit of knowledge with you. Make a copy of the coupon and the check that you're enclosing. And if you really want to be smart about it, make a copy of the postmark date. Now, a lot of people are using stamps, so they don't get that. But if you're using a stamp machine, you know, so that's what, you know, we, you know, so because you never know when you may need to get your hands quickly to prove whether you, if you, you know, made a quarterly estimate or not, or if you missed one or, Mm -hmm. you know, God forbid you sent the Ohio one to the federal and the federal, but that, that never happens though. Does it carry? All right. That happened uh, several times over the last. All right. Now, um, so the so the idea is if you and, and here's the other thing, too, if your tax preparer, remember, we talked about coordination of advisors. If the tax preparer back in, if he did file your tax return back in April, he might not file it to July, but whatever. At that time point, he, he might have just, you know, the, the, the software, the tax software normally defaults you know, to, to says, you know, to come up with what you should be paying in estimated taxes, it's going to assume that whatever you had withheld last year is going to be withheld this year. Right. See, the robot's not smart enough to know that does that change. You have to be smart enough to tell the robot that's not the case. Which is always true, even true. What if you took out more than the required minimum? They're just going to default to the last year's tax return as the assumption going forward. Right. You have to change that. The default, the robot's going to default and said, if this if this taxpayer had $5,000 in IRA withholdings last year, it's assuming you're going to have $5,000 in IRA, IRA withholdings this year. Um, same thing for pensions. Same thing for, you know, it, you know, it, it's just going to all de- it's always going to default and assume that whatever was withheld last year is the same withholding this year unless you go in and change it. And we've had a lot of clients this year. Maybe they don't have because of their rethinking the minimum required distribution. Maybe they want to take something from the IRA. They don't have to make that estimated payment on September 15th. Right, you know, and, you know, or if if the if the robot kicked out estimated coupons and it and you've already made the first two and you haven't told the robot yet that you're not going to have that same amount of withholding, you may be a little bit behind right now. Mhm. Okay. Now, but you, you need to look at it this year more than ever. Well, and if you don't have to make a payment, that can help with cash flow. Now, by the way, when is that next quarterly estimate, Carrie? September Less 15th. Less than a month away. All right now, you can say, "But well, Mark, but wait a second. If I don't have to take out the RMD, and I'm not going to take it out, won't my taxes be lower? So I won't really miss the withholding." Hmm. Well, it may that may be the case for your neighbor, but is it the case for you? That See, depends. It, it depends. <laughs> it depends on you know um, how much capital gains do you have this year compared to last year. What other taxable income is different between this year and last year? You may be right. You may say that um, yeah, I don't. I'm not going to miss that withholding because I'm not going to have that IRA distribution. Again, the point is there isn't the same answer for everybody. Okay, you have to look at your own circumstances. And if, if this seems like a lot of work, that's what we help clients do. That's, we work with their CPAs. Um, I can't tell you how many um, 
you know, conference calls we've had, especially this tax year, you know, with with all the changes and, and the, you know, extension of the uh, first two estimates and, and the due date to July 15th. And now, you know, this no RMD issue and, and we've had multiple you know, three-way telephone conversations mm-hmm. with our clients and their and their tax preparers. All right. Um, now, so so what we're talking about is all right. I've got till August thirty-first. If I had already taken out an RMD, but I now maybe I'm determining I don't need it and I want to roll it back. All right. Um, and three reasons why you might not want to do it is again just to, to go over again. One. If you if you already spent it or you needed it for right. this year's cash flow, probably don't worry about rolling it back. Two, if you're trying to build up your cash reserve because it's fallen below your target floor, okay, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to roll it back. Or three, if you were planning on using it to cover taxes and you've not made any estimates because you're relying on it, it may be too late. You may have to still do it to cover the withholding mm-hmm. because you can't just necessarily make a fourth quarter estimate you can't, you know, in other words, when, if you're relying on covering your safe harbor for taxes, right. you know, by using quarterly estimates, they, you can't just blow off the first three and make the big one right. on the fourth quarter. Well, you can. You can. But you're going to get a penalty. You might. Um, so, you know, so that's some of the things, you know, that how you say, okay, am I a good candidate? Now, let's go there. Well, let's say none of those conditions are, are, are yours and you're saying, okay, I don't need it for any of those reasons. Well, now maybe perhaps you should roll it back mm-hmm. and for nothing longer, for no other reason than you, instead of just taking the distribution out and putting it in your checking account, you may want to convert it to Roth. Right. Okay. Um, because, you know, you know, because it, it, now you have an opportunity because again, in a normal year, you're not allowed to convert your required minimum distribution to Roth IRA. Now, if you do more than a required minimum, you could convert the excess, right. but you got your get you have to get your RMD done first, <laughs> then decide whether you're going to do a conversion on top of that. But also, it's on top you know, of more taxable income. But now, here's one of the silver linings: we have an opportunity in a year where we don't have a required minimum. Now, first dollar out of my IRA, I can say I want to contribute, convert it to Roth. Not contribute, convert it to mm-hmm. Roth. It's still taxable, but if you're planning on ta- hitting the tax hit anyways, because you've already did it. So we've had some clients who, for that reason alone, what they did was they rolled back, you know, because a Roth conversion carry has to be triggered up front. Mm-hmm. You can't do an IRA distribution and put it in your checking account and then two months later decide, oh, now I want to convert it to Roth. It doesn't work that way, right? right. It's got to be done up front. So the idea is, but you could maybe roll it back and then make a Roth decision later on mm-hmm. in the year. Now, those that has to be done by December 31st, the Roth conversions. Um, now, you can say, well, should I do that? Well, again, it depends. You know? But, I mean, just a simple example, let's say without the RMDs this, or regardless of whether you took it out or not, let's just say without the RMDs, to give you a simple example, Kerry, let's say without the RMDs, the client is in a zero tax bracket. Okay. Meaning they're not going to owe, and they have zero taxes without the RMD. Right. Well, then our first question is, by the way, how much of a Roth conversion could you do to max out zero? Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't you do that? And that's a great example of what we do at the estate planning team. And you can call the estate planning team. We're offering free consultations either by phone or in person. And we'll only recommend our services if you can benefit from the type of planning that we offer and like our plans are customized so our fees we have affordable hourly and retainer options available for people and you can um, if you want to do some due diligence we are a rated and an accredited member of the Better Business Bureau and Super Service Award winners multiple years on Angie's list and we've been around more than 35 years in the greater Cleveland area you can call 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Remember, you can sign up for newsletters. We have podcasts. We do keep all your information private. We've worked to even add more security measures through the website, and we don't sell or use your information for any other purposes. And that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you're listening to Mark Dialy and Carrie Waddell, and as Carrie said, we've been helping Cleveland families 
for 35 years, and we help them build custom financial plans. And over those 35 years, we've been talking about the tax wrappers. So again, if you want to go back and get caught up, listen to last week's podcast show and where we explained, you know, the, the ordinary income, the tax deferred or tax qualified, the, the non-qualified, the capital appreciation, and everybody's favorite, tax-free. You know, those are the four wrappers. And last week we cross-referenced that against what the Biden's tax agenda is versus the Trump's tax agenda, how it may change in the future those tax wrappers. You know, the idea of saying, what tax effect do these assets give me, either one while I'm not spending them, or two, when I start taking them out to spend to provide for my cash flow in retirement. And, you know, the idea is, you know, because, you know, one of the one of the surface level goals um, that we've heard once or twice over the decades is a new client saying, well, one of my goals, uh, Carrie, is I want to reduce taxes in retirement. We've never heard that one before, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't happen automatically, right? And, and understanding the tax wrappers is the first part to getting that to be uh, done. You know, mm-hmm. to, you know, it doesn't do it by itself. Um, so, for example, you could say, well, um, you know, if it's a taxable account, you know, so sometimes we call that a non-qualified account mm-hmm. as opposed to a qualified plan like an IRA or a 401k. So we call that non-qualified or sometimes it's called taxable or sometimes people just refer it to as a brokerage account, not an IRA account. You know, that any of those terms, just the idea, these are the investments that you own that are not inside your IRA or 401k. Taxable in the sense that it, you pay the taxes as you go. If it's creating, if it's generating interest to you, if it's generating dividends, you know, or if you're selling and, and realizing a capital gain or loss, you're taking care of the tax effect that year as opposed to an IRA where everything is deferred, right, until you eventually take it out. Um, so you could say, well, what assets should be going into my uh, non-qualified accounts versus what assets should I be targeting in my IRA accounts, right? Um, how about, you know, the tax-free accounts, everybody's right. favorite, whether it be a Roth IRA or a, a college 529 plan or a health savings account. These are all things that you can go back and listen to last week's podcast show that we were talking about. All right. Um, well, you know, sometimes in that you, you maybe want, you know, investments, depending on what your flavor is, whether you are in stocks or fixed income or REITs or, you know, or, you know, commodities or whatever, the idea is, if it, it typically it's an account that's generating a lot of transactions, it's a very active account with short term and, and you know gains and losses, or a lot of taxable or what would normally be considered interest or something that's taxable. Those are things maybe you want to put in your Roth IRA, right? Because you're not worried about those causing any short term taxes. You know, it doesn't matter because it's all tax free when you take it out. You know, so. Now, so let me try to give a, an example of this, Carrie. Right. So let's 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 keep this. Let's strip this down to a very simple, okay. You know, uh, example. Um, okay. So let's take a stock, Carrie. So ABC, okay. ABC stock, right? And let's say it's paying a three percent dividend. By the way, what what do one year CDs pay right now? Below one, no, maybe one, maybe half. If you're a one year CD, yeah, I've I seen, think, I've heard, I've seen like half a percent. Well, of that. I think if you, if you look around, maybe you could get ninety basis points or a point. My point is, a lot. So a lot of people say, well, instead of putting my money in a CD, when I were just rather own a stock that pays me a three percent dividend. You know, I mean, you, you know, now. So can I own that stock inside my IRA or outside my IRA? Yes. Okay. Um, does it pay the same dividend? Yes. Okay. Um, but is the tax the same? No. Okay. Um, so that's where we start getting in, you know, to the to the tax wrapper, right? Um, because if you think about it, um, let's talk about the dividend. All right. Um, the dividend, you know, assuming it's a qualified dividend, meaning it's a stock that trades on the U.S. stock exchange, all right? it gets the favorable long-term capital gain rate, okay, which could be zero if you're under one threshold or 15% 
or if you're in a top threshold, could be 20. But any of those is going to be lower than the ordinary income tax rate, right? Um, so, you know, so if, if it's in a taxable account, you may be getting that dividend, but it actually may be zero tax to you. Okay, depending on where your tax thresholds are coming out. In fact, that's when we play the tax limbo game, that's one of the things we say is, you know, how much room do you have in your 0% long-term capital gains rate, which makes all your qualified dividends taxed at zero, right? Um, Romney's game, right? Um, now, um, but let's say inside the IRA, it pays the same dividend. Now, granted, if it's, it's, not, it's tax deferred, so if you don't take the dividend out, okay, you're not really taxed on it yet. But the whole point is that we're talking about when you start needing money out in retirement, you're going to start taking that money out of the IRAs either because you need to spend it or required minimums. Right. right? Um, and the idea is, okay, now you don't really get the benefit of that lower tax dividend because anything coming out of the IRA is taxed at the ordinary income tax rates. All right. Um now let's say um, let's say you need to sell the stock because you need to buy a car sometime in retirement, mm-hmm. right, Gary? Okay, so um, let's say you know you you need to come up with thirty grand to buy the car. All right, and you're saying I've got to sell this stock because now I need liquidity to buy mm-hmm. the car. All right, um, well if it's in a taxable or brokerage account or non qualified account, you could play the you know the harvesting losses game, right? You know, because one of the benefits of, you know, capital appreciating assets is that you get, you know, losses, realized losses are deductible. Okay. They can lower realized capital gains. Even if you have more losses than what you have capital gains in any one year, you can offset up to $3,000 of ordinary income with your realized losses. Right. And if you have losses still remaining after that, guess what? You can carry them forward to next year and use them next year or the following year. Right. Um, so you can make some lemonade out of those lemons. Right. So in, in, in a situation where we have a client who may be saying, I need 30,000 for the car, we get in with their investment advisors, coordination of advisors. Right. And we say, OK, look at let's we're being proactive here. The client's going to need 30 grand. Can you look in the portfolio, identify what stocks that you can sell to get some gains, maybe lock in some gains Mm -hmm. before they fall again, but also to offset the tax hit on that, can you harvest some losses? Are there any stocks in the portfolio that we can generate a loss? So in my simple example, let's say you raise $15,000 by selling gains and that incurs a $5,000 capital gain, but then you raise the other 15,000 in proceeds by selling uh, harvesting losses and that creates a $5,000 loss. So you've got your $30,000 cash flow but where are you at for taxes? Zero. Zero. Can you do that same thing if the stocks in your IRA? No. Not really. First of all, you don't get to deduct losses in your IRA. Okay? Secondly, anytime you take the money out, the full 30,000 is going to be taxed as ordinary income, not favorable long-term capital gains. Okay? Um now Let's say, though, you never uh, have to buy a new car in retirement, right? Because um, nobody uh, ever does, no. right? And you never need you know, the, the money out. You never need to sell the stock. Okay. Um, okay, so now you die. And okay. you still own it, right? Now, when I'm talking about death, if you're single, I'm talking about your death. If you're married, I'm talking about the time of the second death. You know, when it, the time that it starts going to the next generation, your heirs um, in this situation. Okay, so let's talk about the treatment there. So let's say your stock basis, what you paid for the stock is $75,000. let us say it's worth $100,000 at the date of your death. Okay. All right. Um, now, so if this is in your brokerage, your non-qualified, your taxable account, okay, you would then, if you sold the stock during your lifetime, you would have had to realize that capital gain. But in this situation, you never sold it in your lifetime. So now it's going to the kids, right? Now, they, you know, they are going to sell it, right? Because they want to divvy it up the, you know, inheritance, right? The benefit for them is they get a step up in basis on this, you know, so their tax value becomes the date of death value or the hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they don't, that $25,000 of unrealized capital gains is forgiven at death, 
Great call. This is called the step up in basis. It's true for any capital appreciating asset that you own, including, by the way, real estate, right? Which may be the largest mm-hmm. capital appreciating asset you own in your life, in your, you know, in your portfolio. All right. Um, now, so, you know, so now they, you know, again, that's a very advantageous and, and a lot of people are, you know, looking at that. Okay. Um, now, how about that treatment if it's in an IRA? Okay. A little bit different, right? Now, same, same situation. You have $75,000 basis, but the fair market value inside the IRA is 100000 at the date of your death. All right, now that's going to the non-spouse beneficiaries, and they want to divvy it up and liquidate it. Okay, um, well, guess how much is taxable? A hundred thousand. The full hundred thousand, and taxable as ordinary income. All right. Um, now you're saying, well, the kids would never do that. They're not that dumb. Those kids. Uh, um, At least, even from our perspective and dealing with, I mean, we've been lucky enough that have clients on. We've dealt with kids, grandkids of our original clients, and guess what? Majority of people want the money. It wasn't their money, so even if they take a hit, they don't care. It was money they didn't have yesterday. They might not even know it's taxable. Oh, that I was going to say. That's uh, yeah, that's true. Because they always They're heard. Just at- they always heard. Hey, there's no estate taxes. Is my inheritance tax free? Hmm. All right. Um, you don't think that happened? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I should tell that story. I'm running yeah. out of time. Um, but but the idea is, all right. Now, but also what changed here is you saying, well, Mark, my kids are smart. They're going to follow the stretch IRA rules. Now, the stretch IRA rules was the idea that they 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 would have to take a required minimum distribution. You know, af- within a year after the death, but they could stretch that out over their life expectancy. So they wouldn't have to take a big amount in the first year. Okay. Um, but guess what? The SECURE Act, which passed last December, threw out the stretch IRA. Okay. It's no longer available. Okay. Under, unless certain circumstances, which again, we'll, we'll, we, we, we've talked about in the show before, but the idea is now those non-spouse beneficiaries have got a 10 year period to take the IRA out. All right. Um, so, you know, if, so they cannot just stretch it out over 20, 25 years. So, you know, so all, all these, so you look at those reasons and you could say, okay, so now when you weigh up, the 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 tax efficiency of owning the capital appreciating stock outside the IRA or the tax efficiency of owning that same stock inside your IRA if you had your druthers where would you rather own your stock all right um now in the Roth, neither. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Gary. You're saying, well, Mark, I, I was waiting to see if you were going to come up with that. I want to own the stock in my Roth IRA. Because I don't um, care. Anything be- I take out of the Roth is going to be tax-free as long is, as I file the yeah. guidelines. So you, you caught me, Carrie. I didn't think you were going to come up with that, but you did. Um, we'll talk about that next week. You know, the idea of maybe you should be thinking about Roth IRAs. But back in this example, yeah, it's the idea of saying, okay, maybe... I'd rather own my stock outside my IRA, and then I'm going to put more of my fixed positions inside my IRA because it's still at the end of the day, I want to be at that 50-50 allocation right. between growth and fixed. So now I'm going to buy my CDs or my uh, other bond or something that's creating a lot of interest. I don't need to spend that interest right now. I'm going to need a retirement. So right now I want to defer it. I can defer it and get that compounding deferred interest in my IRA. It doesn't matter because it's taxes, ordinary income, whether I tax it now or later. I'd rather tax it later when I need it. And I'm in a lower income tax bracket in retirement. I'm out of time, Carrie. Get us out of here. All right. Use the opportunities that exist and the estate planning team can help. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.